And I'm excited to get into the word today. I believe the message that God's put on my heart is going to bless us and prepare us and bring awareness um, to part of our Christian walk, our Christian life that is, is an important element of our witness. And I don't want to get too into that this morning because it's not really the focus, but witness, you know, bringing the light, bringing the gospel, showing people about God and who he is. Part of this is our testimony. And this morning, the message title is Testimony of Faithfulness. Testimony of Faithfulness. Now, this message, they come together in different ways for me. Just giving you a little bit of insight to how messages come together for me. Sometimes uh, I'll just get like a topic and the whole thing is just there in a moment and I'm just writing it down and it's all pieced together. Sometimes I'll get like a little piece of one thing and a little piece of another thing and then I just have to pray and study and it ends up coming together. This morning's message was kind of like that. There were a couple things that God was was speaking to me. The Holy Spirit was showing me things this week about things like confidence, about things like his faithfulness, and things like his testimony. Testimony. And I thought, Lord, how do these three things fit together at all? But the more I studied and the more I prayed about it, it became really clear. And this morning, the message, uh, just to kind of give you the idea, the overview of it, is we want to look this morning at how God's faithfulness puts a good testimony in our life through which many people can be reached for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. It's about how God's faithfulness isn't just to benefit me, but it's to benefit the world around me by showing his light in my life. God's faithfulness, to say it this way, isn't just for you. It's for everyone around you. God's faithfulness in your life, to get really specific, God's faithfulness in your life isn't just for you. It's for people around you. And so what I, what I see in this and what I think we're going to bring out of it this morning is that it's, it's important that we believe in God's faithfulness and trust in God's faithfulness, but not just so that I live an abundant life, but so that I have a testimony, a good testimony to share with the world and show people God's faithfulness so that they'll come to see him as well. My, uh, my trusting in God's faithfulness, to say it this way, isn't just about benefiting me. Me trusting in God's faithfulness, me believing in God's faithfulness, it's not just about benefiting me, it's about benefiting the world. It's about showing the world a testimony through my life of God's goodness. I wrote a few things down about faithfulness, and this is where we're going to start today. Our first scripture is going to be 2 Timothy 4, verses 16 through 17. Now, I've been told I move through scriptures pretty quick, so I'm going to give you plenty of time to turn there this morning. 2 Timothy 4, verse 16 is where we're going to go first. And as you turn there, let me read something I wrote down about God's faithfulness. God is faithful. We hear it. We, we read it. We believe it, that he's faithful. His faithfulness, though, is more than just a good quality. And this is important that we make this distinction because sometimes when I think about faithfulness, I just think about the quality of faithfulness. Oh, yeah, that's part of who God is. He's faithful. But it's more than just a good quality. Faithfulness is that which allows us to consistently rely on him, whether we are in the most comfortable comfortable or the most difficult moments of life. God's faithfulness in our life is what enables us to take part in the good work of the kingdom, bringing light everywhere we go. Because if God's not faithful in my life, then I can't do what he's called me to do. I don't know about you, but I, I am very aware that I can't be everything I'm supposed to be by myself. I'm very aware that I've got weaknesses in myself. And without God's steady, reliable hand, without his grace, without his strength, without the courage to do what I've been called to do, working in my life, those things which don't come from me, his strength which doesn't come from me, I'm not going to be able to do everything that he's called me to do because I'm not strong enough to do it all by myself. And I believe this is how he's created us to be, that we're reliant on him. Amen? 
You know, it's a good thing to be reliant on God. Not everybody will tell you that, but it's the truth. It's better to rely on God in life than to try to make it on your own in life. It's good to be reliant on God. I believe it's part of our creation. We've always needed God in our life. And so his faithfulness is what makes us able to do the good work that he's called us to do. Putting faith in God, fully believing in him with no reservation, will not let us down because he is consistent. His word is consistent. It's reliable, unchanging. He's faithful. Amen. So I hope that builds you up this morning. Let's get into the word. Let's look at Paul. This is where we're going to go first. We're going to kind of do a case study on Paul. At this point in Paul's life, he is in a Roman prison. He's about to, well, he's already had some trials in the land of Rome before all of these high-ranking officials. In fact, at one point, he goes before uh, the emperor of Rome, and he's going to give testimony. He's going to share about what God's doing in his life. So just to give you a picture of where we're at in Paul's life, he is in a Roman prison cell. He's writing these letters to pastors and churches that he has ministered to along the way. This is kind of towards the end of Paul's life. He spent a lot of time seeing God be faithful to him, bring him out of things, deliver him, give him opportunities, give him power to do the things he's been called on to do. And then in 2 Timothy 4.16, he's writing about um, some of the challenges he's most recently faced. And what we're going to see in this is God's faithfulness. So let's read this together about Paul and God's faithfulness working in his life. Paul writes, At my first defense, no one stood with me. This is talking about the first trial that he had in Rome when he's being put before the councils, put before um, you know, the judges of Rome. They're going to try him and to see if he should you know, go and, and be killed, be imprisoned for life, or what they're going to do as a punishment. And this is a result of, of the government and the, the religious people didn't like what he was preaching. They didn't like the fact that he was bringing the gospel. So Paul is facing persecution from the government, from the Roman government, and he's facing persecution from the legalistic religious people that didn't like the message of the gospel, all right? This is who's persecuting Paul, and so he's going on trial. At my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. He says, may it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now we see here in the expression that Paul's up against some real challenges. I mean, I don't know, and, and Bible scholars will, will say different things about this statement, delivered out of the mouth of the lion. It's possible he had literally been faced with the mouth of a lion because Rome was a horrible place at this time, and they would kill persecuted Christians um, in the Colosseum. I mean, they would literally kill them with animals because they hated Christians so much. And so it's entirely possible that Paul was literally delivered out of the mouth of a lion because of God's power working in his life. But a lot of people believe that that is just a reference to like death or to really severe um, circumstances of persecution or, or beating or any of the bad things that would have been available. Um, some people would reference that to be the Emperor Nero, like I was delivered from the, the horrible destructive power of Nero. However, we look at it, Paul's up against some real challenges. Paul's being persecuted in a very real way. And it, it says this, everyone forsook me. All the people left me. Now, he had a whole list of ministry contacts that he had accumulated along the way. I mean, he had ministered to tons of churches, started tons of churches, and yet it says everybody forsook me. Everybody left me. When it gets really bad, all of these people, all of these brothers that I've got, the churches, man, they're leaving me. I'm out here on my own is what Paul's saying. That's a tough place to be in. And here's the message I get through this scripture. When people let you down, God comes through. When people let you down, God is faithful. Even 
and, and I, I don't like saying this, but it's just the truth. Even if the church lets you down, God is still faithful. And there are people, unfortunately, that have been let down by Christians, believers. And it shouldn't be that way, but sometimes it is. God does not let people down. God always comes through. God is reliable. He's faithful. And I was thinking about this, and just as we're starting, I thought this was kind of a nice comparison to draw. I thought about the movie and the story of Hacksaw Ridge. Has anybody ever seen that or heard about it? The storyline of, of this movie is there's this, this young man who he goes into war, but he doesn't want to kill anybody. He just wants to go and be a medic. He wants to save people. And he does that for beliefs that he has that he shouldn't be killing people. He doesn't want to kill. So he just goes and says, let me serve as a medic. Let me save people over there. And so he's in battle and everybody, you know, they just, they think nothing of him because he won't fight. He won't pick up a gun. They, he won't kill. They think he's just a coward. Okay, they think he's a cowardly man. Well, this one night they're up on this ridge, up on this bluff, and the Japanese soldiers come out and they're just killing people. They get, the American forces get pushed back over the cliff. Everybody else retreats, but he stays. One man versus all the enemies. I'm thinking of Paul right now. Everyone else forsook me. They all ran away. They all retreated. And here I am facing this lion of an enemy, still doing the good work I've been called to do. Well, you know what? He made it through the night and he saved like, I don't know how many people, a ton of people. Saved a ton of people in the morning. Everybody was amazed at the fact that these wounded soldiers kept coming off the mountain. He was able to do an incredible work. And it was because he had faith in God's faithfulness. It wasn't in the, the might of man. It wasn't in the might of the power of the army around him. It was trust in God. It was strength and courage that he got from knowing who God is and faith in God that allowed him to persevere through that horrible night and save many people. And I'll tell you this, it's an awesome testimony to the power of God. I don't know, but I would imagine there are people who, who started asking questions about God after they watched this movie. Or soldiers who were there, I bet you they started asking him about his faith after he saved hundreds of people or however many it was. Without any help of man. When you've got God on your side, you don't have to have man's support. Because God's strength is enough for you. Amen? Now, I'm not saying we should be out trying to go it alone, but I'm telling you this. There may be moments in life where you feel alone. And in that moment, well, first, I would, I would encourage you get to church and get with believers because God put that, that structure around you. He put a body around you to help you. But if you're in a situation where you don't have time to do it, because that happens sometimes, Say you're out drive. I mean, I, I'm going to just pray. We're going to pray when we end service that nobody gets in a bad situation driving home. But like, let's say you're out on a road by yourself and your car starts spinning. Pastor Isaac can't come and help you out. But God, call out to him. I mean, he can save you in a moment. He's faithful. He's able. He's powerful to do it in a moment. Amen. And so what I'm getting at here is the faithfulness of God is something we can constantly rely on because he doesn't change. He doesn't waver. He's always going to be reliable and faithful. And so Paul is aware of this. Paul is in this situation. He's sitting in this prison cell by himself. He's been abandoned by all of his ministry colleagues. But he says, you know what? I've been delivered by the Lord. It's the power of God. God has delivered me. The Lord stood with me. The Lord strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And this is what we're going to get to this morning in, a, in just a little bit. That, that God is faithful in your life so that the message of the gospel can be preached fully through you. It's a purposeful faithfulness. There's a reason God wants to be faithful in your life. And it's not just to make things easy now. I had this thought. I was like, well, I was thinking, why don't we just all go to heaven, right? I mean, that would be like the best case of God's faithfulness. I get saved and I'm up in the perfect place with God. 
That would be better than living down here. I'm just telling you the truth. It's going to be better there than it is here. Do you believe that? So I'm thinking, you know, why then, why does God keep me here in this imperfect place? Well, it's because there's a mission to be done. And he's going to provide me everything I need to get the mission done. That's his faithfulness. It's God coming through. It's God being reliable so that I can do what I've been put here to do. Amen? And so God's faithfulness comes with a purpose. There's a testimony involved in the faithfulness of God. It points people to him. And so I want to I wanna go this way to Joshua 1 verse 9 and talk about the strength and the courage, the boldness that comes when you know God is faithful, when you know that he's standing with you, when you know that he's reliable. Because I think too often we look at our relationship with God and we try to interact with him like he's just another person, but he's not. God's character isn't like the character of another person. See, where, where man might be faulted, like these men that were with Paul, these Christian brothers who left him, forsook him because things got really difficult, God never did. And it's because God is not faulty like mankind is faulty. God is, is reliable. God is steady. God is loyal. God isn't wishy-washy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And he's true to his word. So if he said he'll do something, he's going to come through and do it. See, this is, this is one of the things that makes God different than man and we can't try to interact with God we can't try to get God on our side like the way we would try to move somebody else to get on our side he is who he is he's promised what he's promised and it's by faith in him that we're going to receive his goodness in our life it's by faith that we're going to have um, the strength the boldness the courage that we're going to read about here in a minute so that we can accomplish testimony because if we're putting our faith in anything else then we're not relying on god's faithfulness we're relying on the power of something else i want to be reliant on god and when we do that we're going to see testimony in our life let's read joshua 1 9 have i not commanded you god's talking to joshua have i not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go now this is spoken to joshua when they're getting ready to go to battle in the land of israel it's a repeat of a promise that you find in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. God's talking about the blessing of being in covenant with him. You know, you're in the covenant. You're in the blessing of Abraham. We've read that scripture before in Corinthians about how we are blessed in Jesus' name. We've inherited the blessing in Jesus' name. Well, hey, if it's part of the blessing that God's going to be with me everywhere I go, then I'm going to get the benefits of God being with me all the time. You know what the benefits of having God with you all the time are? They're listed at the beginning of this. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. You know, when God's with you, fear will not be present. When, when you know that God is with you, when you know that God is faithful, that he's reliable and he's present with you, you're not going to have fear present in your life because you know that the one of power is backing you up. Um, the presence of God. And I'm not just talking about like, being in worship and, and you know like experiencing his presence in like a peaceful way but i'm talking about when god is on the scene that kind of presence when you know that god is here with me today god is reliably loyally he is he is faithfully in my life today it, it puts to rest the fears of of enemies or circumstances it changes the way that i'm gonna come out it, it changes the boldness the courage that i'm gonna have it gives me a strength knowing that he is present with me. You know, I wrote this down. Strength and confidence, it emanates from power. Strength and confidence emanates from power. You know, if, if you know that you're the strongest person in a room, you're probably going to come in with, with a sense of kind of boldness or courage, a sense of strength. 
If you ever notice that, like someone who shows up in, in some kind of strength, whether that's physical strength or some other kind. You know, somebody with authority shows up. They come with a, a boldness, with a power about them. This is how it is with God. When we know God is with us, there is going to be a boldness, a power, a courage of knowing God's got my back and He is able to handle this situation. So I'm not afraid of what's going on today because I know the one who can handle anything is backing me up today. I know that God is with me and if God is for me, who can be against me? Amen? And so the presence of God, the, the God on scene, knowing He's with me life, which is His faithfulness, by the way, Him being present, Him reliably being with me, this is going to provide strength and confidence. This is what we saw with Paul. It's what we see with Joshua. And we can see other examples of it throughout the Word. You know, Jesus, He approached with boldness and with power because He knew God the Father was faithful in His life. He had no question. He was totally in belief and in faith that God had his back, to just put it like in that way. When you know God's got your back, you're not going to be afraid. When you know God's got your back, you're not going to be afraid. You're going to live in strength and in confidence. You know, fear is, I wrote this down, fear is, is the result. If we take Joshua 1.9 and pair that up with 2 Timothy 4 and look at the circumstances, fear is the result of denying or doubting, or we could say not having faith in God's faithfulness. If I'm afraid, then it means that I believe whatever I'm fearful of has more power or is more reliable to do bad than God is to be powerful and reliable to do good for me, to work out His plan of good in my life. If I don't believe it or if I doubt it, then I'm going to be afraid because the thing that's against me seems greater than he who is for me. But when I know that he who is for me has overcome the world and his strength is greater, I'm going to have boldness. I'm going to have courage rather than be afraid because I know who my God is and I know that he's greater than the enemy. I know that he's greater than the one who is against me. Fear is it's, it's just a result of not having faith in God's faithfulness. And I think sometimes we can say, well, I've got faith in God. But, you know, maybe I have faith in God, but I don't have faith in God's faithfulness. What do I mean by that? I mean, maybe I believe that God is able to do something, but I don't actually believe that he's going to be reliable to come through for me today. If I don't know that he's going to do it every time, then I'm going to be afraid because what if this isn't the time that he chooses? What if this is the time he chooses not to do it? I got to have faith in God's faithfulness to consistently put my faith in him. Faithfulness is about consistency. It's about reliability. And so if I know God is faithful, if I believe and trust that God is faithful, then I can put my faith in him every time. And it's going to deal with fear because now there's not a question of if the world's going to win. I know the world's going to lose because God's already won. And he wins every time. Amen. And so faith in God's faithfulness is going to put fear to rest. I love that Paul said this. He said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Faithfulness, if you, if you haven't caught a definition yet, let me give you the one I wrote down. Faithfulness is steadfastness. Steadfastness. We could say unwavering. An unwaveringness. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. And reliability. And reliability, even in challenging circumstances. What is faithfulness? It's, it doesn't matter what's going on around. I'm going to be the same all the time. I'm going to come through all the time. I'm going to be reliable all the time. The word is going to come to pass every time. The promise is for me every time. That's the faithfulness of God. It's all the time. Amen. It's taking the question out of it. It's taking the what if out of it. It's God is who he said he is. And that's it. And so 
Even if I haven't seen it yet, I have faith to know that he is who he said, that his word is what he said it is, that it is the truth. And I know it's going to come to pass. Faithfulness is the steadfastness, unwavering reliability, even in challenging circumstances. To give you, um, we, we can't turn there with time, but Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about um, the faithful steward. This is the parable with um, the talents. And in that, I think it's verse 24. There's a statement made by the the steward who was not faithful, the one who was found at fault. What he said was, Master, um, I I know that you're, he says, you're a harsh man and that you reap where you don't sow, that you gather where you didn't reap. What do we get from that statement? And and you can turn there and mark it up and study it out later. I'll tell you this about the master. He was a successful man. He's saying, you, you get an increase where you didn't even put the work in initially. He's saying, you reap where you didn't sow. You didn't plant this field, and yet you're reaping a harvest from it. There is increase in everything you do. It's like this, this master had like the golden touch. Everything he did was increasing. Everything was productive. And so there would have been a way that these servants were used to work, and there would have been a way of investing that they were used to because the investment was always paying off in the master's house. Well, the problem is the other two um, faithful servants, they kept going with this way of increase. But this other guy got afraid because he was thinking, what if it doesn't work this time? And so he hid it. What he what happened is he wasn't faithful because he didn't stay steady. He didn't continue the investment plan of the master. Um, Do you get the picture here? This master had a, a way of doing things that worked. And this guy was not faithful because he changed. And instead of continuing the investment that worked, he backed off and he said, I'm scared that it's not going to work, so I'm going to do something different. The change is what made him unfaithful. He changed away from the way of doing it. He changed away from the plan. He doubted that what his master did was going to work. And so when he did that, he became unfaithful. Faithful is steadfastness. It's consistency. It's reliability. It's same way every time. It's coming to pass every time. And so when he began to doubt that it would happen, he pulled back and, and changed. And when he changed, he became unfaithful. So just giving this definition of faithfulness as a steadfastness, a consistent reliability, we need to know God is, is faithful with us. He's faithful to remain with us. And when he's with us, he's strengthening us. Amen? It's when he's with us that we find strength. Let's look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. I'm just going to give you another scriptural reference to make this point. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Paul's writing to the Ephesian church. He says, finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6, 10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so it's not that I get like some, some superhero strength that comes on me when I say the name of Jesus, but it's the fact that trusting my God is strong and it's his might, it's his power, that's going to give me strength in life. It's going to make me able to endure in life. It's going to make me able to do what he says I can do in life. And his grace, the power of the Holy Spirit's going to come in and make a way for that to happen. If it takes a miracle, the miracle's going to happen just tell you this way like I think sometimes um, we, we can say well you know I can just I can keep on you know I get encouraged with the word and it, it helps me to keep going but when it comes to the miracle stuff I don't know about that no God's gonna do whatever it takes to make up for the weakness God's gonna do what it takes to make up for the weakness because that's his faithfulness it's redeeming us up to the standard of of what his plan for us is And so if that takes a miracle, something huge, that's what he's going to give us. If it takes just something small, a little encouragement in our heart to get 
moving forward in the day, that's what we're going to get. But he's going to give us what we need to do what he's called us to do. His grace is sufficient all the time, amen, for every good work. And so his grace, his power, his strength is going to be there for our weakness. He's going to make up our weakness. That's part of redemption, isn't it? It's balancing out the areas we're weak and bringing us up into strength. Hallelujah. God is a strengthener. He strengthens us in the power of his might. So the next point, and this is where I want to spend most of the rest of this morning, is that we know God's faithful. Everybody on board with that this morning. God is faithful. He's consistent. He is reliable. He's going to do what he said he'll do. The next part of that then is knowing that he's faithful in my life. God God is faithful to one believer because he's faithful to all believers. Do you know that? He's faithful to everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. He is available for everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. Do you believe that? Well, good. Here's a few reasons that we could point this out and where we're going to get into the testimony part next. Um, God is faithful to me because I know he's faithful to all. We could talk about the element of God not being partial. And there's scriptures we could go to to back that up, but that's not really the, the heart of this message this morning. We could talk about how it's just part of God's character, that he's consistent, he's reliable, he's faithful, he's loyal, he's all of these things. We could talk about that element of it. And we kind of have a little bit. But that's not really the the main focus either. We could talk about how it's his word and he's not a liar. And so he's going to do what he said he'll do because if he didn't, he'd be a liar and he's not that. And so we could take all of these angles to see how he's going to be faithful in my life because I know he's faithful in all and he's not partial. It is who he is. He's keeping his word. We could talk about all of these things. But with testimony of faithfulness, I want to talk about God being faithful in your life and in my life because he has a plan for me to produce a testimony. There should be a testimony coming out of my life. And I can only have a testimony if I've got his faithfulness working in me. Because if I don't have him consistently working in me, then I'm going to have areas of weakness that, well, I guess I would have some kind of testimony, but it wouldn't be one that glorifies God. It would just be one that talks about how my life is difficult because I'm not sufficient in myself. It'd be a worldly testimony then. It would be a testimony of I'm trying to make it work and it's not working because I'm weak. I don't have everything I need. That's a world testimony. A a worshipful, a godly testimony is I'm weak, but he is strong. He's my source. He makes it work when I can't make it work. God's faithful in my life and so it always works out. That's a godly kind of testimony. And I'll tell you this, his plan for you is to have a testimony where you can tell people that God's been faithful in my life. He's faithful in your life because he wants you to tell people that he's faithful. He wants you to live out a life of showing that God is a faithful God. And so this is where I want to go this morning, that God is faithful in my life because I'm supposed to have a testimony of faithfulness, of his faithfulness. And I'm not talking this morning about how I'm faithful and that's working out. No, I'm talking about I ought to have a testimony in my life of how God has been faithful to me. Every believer is meant to have a testimony that God has been faithful to me. God has come through for me. God has been loyal in keeping his word to me. God has been reliable to me. You believe that this morning, that God wants that for you. Do you believe God wants you to be able to tell people about how he's been good to you, how he's been consistent to you? I believe it. You know, one person, we're not going to turn there this morning either, but Moses is a person in the Old Testament that I see God being faithful in his life for the purpose of a testimony. You know, Moses, um, he had all these, all these things that he was too weak in. There were all these challenges Moses faced, both personal and environmental, that he couldn't have dealt with on his own. You know, the, the 
obvious one is the fact that Moses couldn't have made the Red Sea part on his own. I mean, unless he just knew something none of us knew and still don't know, he couldn't have done it, right? I mean, that was a miraculous event that could have only happened by the power of God. He couldn't have done that on his own. It required God's reliable, faithful, consistent work in his life for Moses to go and do that. Um, Protection from Egypt, because Pharaoh came after him. Pharaoh was going to come and get him. It took the faithfulness of God to do what he said he was going to do and deliver them. Um, Words to speak. You know, one of the things... Before Moses goes to to talk to Pharaoh, he has this whole back and forth with God where he says, I can't do it. I'm not an eloquent man. I can't speak the I can't do it. God, I can't tell him what you want me to tell him. I'm going to mess it up. He's not going to listen to me. I don't have the words to say. God was faithful to give him the words to say. God was faithful to make him able to do what he was called to do. Praise the Lord. You know, direction, where to go, provision once they got into the desert. I mean, there were so many needs that only God could meet. Moses, a man by himself, he couldn't have done anything for Israel. But with God, in the strength of God, with the courage that comes knowing God is with you and for you, oh man, delivered a nation, brought them through the desert. You know, God provided manna from heaven, provided water out of a rock for them to drink. God was faithful to provide for them. God was faithful in their life. And my encouragement for you today is this. God is still working through people today. You know that? God is, he's not done yet. If he was done, we wouldn't be here. Amen. God's still working on earth today, which means God's faithfulness needs to be in your life because his faithfulness is meant to further the kingdom. God's faithfulness is meant to further the gospel. And so you're meant to have God's faithfulness in your life to produce the gospel for people, to bring the gospel to people, to be light to the world, to bring light to the world. It takes the faithfulness of God to do these things. Let's look at 1 John 5, 14 through 15 and talk about confidence a little bit this morning. Our confidence, which is in Him. If you can believe it, as fast as I'm talking, I'm still way behind in my notes. We've got so much ground to cover this morning. 1 John 5, verse 14, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of Him. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask according to His will, He hears us, and if He hears us, we have it. That's like my paraphrase of that whole thing, okay? So the confidence we have in Christ is that if if we are asking Him according to His will... He hears us, and if He hears us, we've got it. Okay, that's the sum up. I tell you, there's a confidence in knowing that I can call on Jesus' name, and I'm going to get what I need to do His will. That'll give you confidence to do it. You know, when, when I'm stepping out, I'm going before Nero, and I'm getting delivered from the mouth of a lion, whether that's literal or figur- figurative. When I know He's going to deliver me, when I know He's going to provide for me, when I call out on the name of Jesus and He's going to give me what I'm needing to continue on, there's a confidence that happens. Because I'm not questioning, I'm not doubting, I'm not wondering, I'm not wishy-washy. I'm consistent because I know God's consistent. His faithfulness enables me to be faithful in following the call. That was not in the notes, ladies and gentlemen. His faithfulness enables me to be faithful in following the call. Say it one more time. His faithfulness, God's consistency, God's reliability enables me to be faithful. It enables me to be consistent, to be reliable in following the call. I can't do the good work He has for me if He's not helping me do it. It's too much for me. I'm too weak on my own. But with God's strength, with His presence in my life, I'm able because He's able. Amen? His faithfulness enables me to be faithful. 
So we have confidence in him. Confidence to do what? You know, it's, it's, this is our confidence that we ask anything according to his will. He's going to hear us and then we'll have it, all right? That means anything that I'm doing that I know is in the will of God, I can do with confidence. Anything I'm doing that I know is in the will of God is something I ought to do with confidence. If that's preaching the word, if it's stepping out, if it's sharing the gospel, if it's giving something like we talked about earlier, anything that I know is in the will of God to do, I can do with confidence because he hears and if he hears, he gives. And so I can do confidently the things God's called me to do. Here's just a couple examples of that. The first one is to fulfill the great commission, the mission we're here for. I should be confidently doing anything that progresses that mission because as I do it and I ask him and he hears me and he gives me that I know I'm doing this according to his will, he's going to give what I need to do it. He's going to give what's needed to further it along. So do it confidently. Do it in strength. Do it with expectation because he's faithful. Amen. And then the second thing I wrote down is, is to follow in faith. It requires confidence to God. To live a life of faith, it requires me to be confident in God because he, He's going to have me do things that are beyond my own ability. It, it's going to require me to have faith in God. It's going to require confidence in God. You know, to, to follow, believing, trusting, hoping, loving. I mean, it requires a confidence in God to put faith in God. You know that? If I don't have confidence that He's able... I'm going to have a hard time putting my faith in him. Do you get that this morning? If I don't know that he's reliable and know that he's consistent, I'm going to, I'm going to end up struggling with unbelief because I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I can trust God. I'm not sure that I can trust his word because I don't believe. I'm not confident in its reliability. I got to have confidence in God in order to put faith in God consistently. Amen. And we've got that. I know that we, we do have confidence in Him because as we've asked according to His will, He's heard us and He's given to us. Amen? I've got salvation today because I know that's His will and I've asked Him and I've received it. Amen? And so I've experienced His faithfulness in that area of my life. I've experienced His faithfulness in areas of protection. I, I should have killed myself a few, like, not intentionally, but like I've done dumb things where maybe I shouldn't have lived through them before. I know I'm probably the only one here, but God's been faithful to keep me here. Amen? He's been faithful to me. And so I have confidence in Him because I know the things I've asked according to His will have happened in my life. So here's a question for you this morning. Do I have confidence in God's faithfulness? Do I have confidence in God's faithfulness? Let's look at Hebrews 11 verse 2 quickly. Hebrews 11, really it'll be 1 and 2. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Sorry, Grayson. 1 and 2 here. And so Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, this is talking about faith, and then it goes on and tells us a little bit more. Just put two up. I'll read the first part. It's all right. Hebrews 1, 11, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. Okay, so here, let me, let me piece this thing together for us today, all right? It requires faith to have a good testimony. And we want to have a good testimony, right? We want to live a life where we can say, God has done good things, great things in my life. I've seen him move. I've seen him work. He is good. He's faithful. I'm bringing the truth. I'm bringing the light. I'm bringing the gospel to the people I, I talk to, the, to the people I meet. So we need faith in order to obtain a good testimony because we have to receive God's help in our life by faith. We need his grace in our life in order to have a good testimony. Do you get that part? Well, in order to put faith in God, I have to know he's faithful. In order to have faith in God, and this is what we were talking about in 1 John 5, in order to have faith in God, I have to believe God is 
faithful, that he is reliable, that he is consistent. Because if, if faith is like trust and belief, and faithfulness is a consistency, a reliability, a, an unchangingness, well, I, I don't know about you, but I don't put trust in things that are unreliable. Do you? Do you drive the car that always breaks down when you got to take a road trip across the country? I don't. I was thinking about a story. There was a, a, a time in life when my dad worked on snowmobiles. He would get these old, like from the, maybe not that old, but like from the 70s, um, snowmobiles. And he would fix them up and they were carbureted and they always had problems. Every single winter, he'd get them going for like an hour and then we'd take them out and they would die and then we'd have to push them back into the trailer and get them back home. One time we took one out when we were like, we were hunting and we were way out in this field and we drove the snowmobile out there and then we hunted and then we were done and we were ready to go back and we went to start it and went, and I thought, dad, you're going to get that thing going, right? He's like, oh yeah, I'll just put some, I'll put some engines, some starter in it and that'll work. Did not work. So we walked back. It took us a couple hours. That was a fun time. What I learned, that snowmobile is not reliable. And I never trusted it to take it anywhere again. If I don't know something or someone is reliable, I'm going to have a hard time putting my trust in them, putting my belief in them, putting my confidence in them. That's what faith is. And so how can I have faith in God if I don't know that he's reliable? Well, I know that he is. Amen. I know God's reliable, so I can put my trust in him, my confidence in him, my hope in him, my belief in him, because he is faithful. Amen. And then we saw this about it. Confidence is, is going to ask, having faith in God, in his faithfulness, knowing that he's able, it's going to have me ask. And I just, I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but I just encourage you this morning, ask, ask. If you know something's according to the will of God, ask him for it. It's his plan for you. He already provided it. He already bought it. So ask him for it. He wants you to have it. God wants you to have the things that are according to his will. You don't have peace. It's God's plan for you to have peace. So ask him for it. You don't have wisdom. It's God's plan for you to have wisdom. So ask him for it. You don't have health or life in your body today. It's his plan for you to have it. So ask him for it. If I know it's according to his will and I ask, he hears and then he gives. So ask him for it. Amen. Ask him for it. <clears throat> This kind of is the next, this is where my mind goes next. This is the next question I get then. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 12, or I'm sorry, verses 15 and 16. 1 Corinthians 2. This is my next question then. If I know that anything I ask according to the will of God, He's going to hear me and, and He's going to give, how do I know the will of God? That's my next question. How do I know the will of God? The answer, I believe, is in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15. In the Amplified, it says, But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, which means to question, examine, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals. And the Holy Spirit's going to reveal what's in the Word. And so I'm applying the revelation of the Word to any of these things, okay? The spiritual man, he, the spiritually mature Christian, questions, examines, and applies the revealed word to all these things, yet himself is judged by no one. And that means the unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. So, you know, I do things because I'm a Christian that nobody in the world understands. Like, I think giving is one of the greatest examples of that. It doesn't make any sense to give if we don't have God. If there is no provision already made, then like, why would I give anything away? You know, there are other things we could talk about. It doesn't make sense 
if you're of the world, but if you're a believer and if you've got the Holy Spirit and you're alive, I mean, it totally makes sense. If you've got the promise of God, it totally makes sense to enter into God's system. And so it doesn't make sense. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's nature. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What does it mean to have the mind of Christ? It means that we are guided by his thoughts and his purposes. That's what it says right here. We're guided by his thoughts and his purposes. In, in this one it says the feelings and purposes of his heart. When I become made alive, when I'm renewed and re resurrected in Christ, I'm given a new mind. I'm given the mind of Christ. You know that? We have a mind of Christ, which is in unity with Him. What does that mean, Pastor Isaac? It means that what I will to do in my life, not my will, but your will be done. It's that kind of thing. It's, it's God, I'm aligning my, my desire, my, my purpose, my feelings, my thoughts. I'm lining them up with you. And He reveals those to us in His Word. As we read the Word, we're going to be changed. As we have revelation of the word, it's going to change us. Well, what is the word? It's, well, it's Jesus. Isn't that what it says? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So as I get close with the word, I'm getting close with Jesus. As I'm intimate with the word, I'm intimate with Jesus. And the one who we're intimate with is the one who we're going to know the thoughts of. Right? The one who I spend a lot of time with, I'm going to start knowing what they're thinking. Have you ever experienced that with somebody? You spend a lot of time around them, they get a look on their face and you're like, I know what you're thinking right now. As we get close to God, we're, we're going to know more and more His thoughts. We're going to come into unity with His mind, with His desires, with His plan, with His will. And if we're in line with His will, then we can ask. And if we ask, we're going to receive because He hears us. Amen? It's what we read in 1 John 5. <clears throat> I want to go, and, and we're out of time this morning. Um, got to decide what I'm going to end with here. I want to just read Philemon 1 verse 6. If you'll turn there, I'm definitely going to do this and maybe one more scripture after that. For Philemon 1 verse 6. I want to read this to you. Our life is meant, I'm not reading Philemon 1 6, but our life is meant to be a testimony to the faithfulness of God, having put our full confidence in Him. Paul referenced this point he said you know god he, he's done all this he's delivered me he has been he was there for me when everybody else left me and then he said that the message might be fully preached through me so paul is indicating here god's faithfulness in my life serves a purpose and the purpose is so that the message can be preached god's faithfulness in my life isn't just to make life easy for me it's to get the gospel out it's to get the message out. And praise God, our life is going to be better when we're, his, when we're living in His kingdom. Our life is going to be better when we're healthy, when we're provided for. But it's not just so that we are those things. It's got a purpose so that the message can go out. Amen? It's so that the Great Commission can be fulfilled, that people can come to know the Lord. So our life is meant to be a testimony. We could say this, it's the strength, it's confidence for a purpose. Paul shared his testimony everywhere he went. He was preaching the message fully. But that couldn't have happened if God hadn't been faithful. 
If God hadn't been faithful to Paul, he would have been shipwrecked or he would have died by a snake bite or one of the other many things that was, was difficult in his life. Challenges he faced, attacks that he faced. God was faithful to him and allowed him to take the testimony of God's faithfulness and the good news of the gospel into the world. Let's read Philemon 1 verse 6. It says that the sharing of your faith, the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Christ Jesus. That's God's faithfulness. Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, that's the faithfulness of God. It's not that I've got it, it's He's reliable to give me His grace. Every good thing which is in you, it really it's the grace of God brought consistently because of the faithfulness of God. It's all God. Amen. I'm just receiving it in faith. And this is what's said here: the sharing of your faith. The sharing of your faith. We could talk about the sharing of you believing and receiving the grace and, and faithfulness of God in your life, this is, is a, this is testimony. Sharing your faith, that's testimony. It's, hey, you know, God has done this in my life. This is what I believe about. That's a, that's a testimony, which is also like a witness. Testimony is part of a witness. Maybe we'll preach more about that sometime. The sharing of your faith, evangelism, this is testimony. Sharing of how God has changed your life, that's a testimony. He says it's, this testimony has become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That means just telling, you know, God is, is this. People have a lot of ideas about who God is. But Paul writes to Philemon, it was the sharing of your faith. It becomes effective. The testimony you share, it becomes effective by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By acknowledging God's grace in your life, which is consistent, which is reliable because God is faithful. That makes your testimony effective. I don't know about you, but I want an effective testimony. And I believe the way that our testimony in life becomes effective is when we recognize and we put faith in the faithfulness of God and His power, His strength, His grace, His ability. All of these things, as I, as I believe He is consistent and reliable, I believe we get a testimony that is effective. And I want an effective testimony that will lead people to the Lord. Amen. I want to share my faith in an effective way. I want to evangelize to people. I want to, I want to bring the light to people in an effective way. And I can't do that without the faithfulness of God. And so his faithfulness allows me to have a good and effective testimony. Amen? And so I want you to know this this morning. God's faithfulness in your life, it comes with a purpose. And the purpose is to make effective the sharing of your faith. Isn't that good? God's faithfulness is going to make your sharing of faith, your evangelism is going to be effective because of who He is consistently and reliably. He's good, amen? Faithfully, consistently good. So I want to encourage you this morning. A testimony of God's faithfulness is going to glorify Him. Um, it is the result of having faith, having put our confidence in Him. And it's going to point to Him. It's going to point to him. I, I do want to end with this last scripture. And worship team, if you'd come up now, we're going to close. John 14, 12 through 14. Jesus, this is what was being referenced earlier when we read 1 John 5. Um, not only is a testimony of God's faithfulness going to glorify him, which is important. You know, we ought to glorify God with our life. Our life ought not to point to how great we are, but it ought to point to how great our God is. Amen. Amen. 
When we live, when, when we have great things happen, praise God, glory to God. I find myself saying that more and more, and it's because I'm becoming increasingly aware of the faithfulness of God. When you're aware of His faithfulness, you're going to point to Him and say, it's Him that's doing this. This isn't luck. It's not, it's not just circumstance. It's not my own ability or my own wisdom or my own thing. It's the goodness of God. It's the faithfulness of God. So glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, God. I, I, I like to end prayer that way because it's an acknowledgement of the fact that it's Him doing it, not me doing it. Amen. When I'm praying, I try to end it. Glory to you, God. Thank you, God. Not me. Don't thank Pastor Isaac. I'm, I got nothing other than share. I'm a vessel. I'm, I'm the one who it moves through, but he's the source. So thank him for it. Glorify him with our testimony. A testimony of God's faithfulness is going to glorify God, and it's going to point him out. That's really what this glorifying is going to be about. John 14, 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So what God tells us here, is, or Jesus, what he's saying to us here, is that if you believe in me, you're going to do the kinds of works that I did. You're going to live the kind of life that I lived. You're going you're gonna to have the faithfulness of God operating in your life the way that I had His faithfulness operating in my life. He's going to be there for you. He's going to lead you. He's going to provide you. He's going to give you peace and strength when you need it. I'm going to have the faithfulness of God in my life. And He says this about it. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So my life, as I do things in Jesus' name, is going to glorify Jesus. As people are healed in Jesus' name, it's going to bring glory to Jesus. And as Jesus is glorified, God the Father, the Creator, is going to be glorified. Praise the Lord. How do I live a life glorifying God? I share a testimony of God's faithfulness. I live in a way where I expect, I've, I've got confidence knowing He is reliable to do what His Word said He'll do. Amen? And it's not, not just because it's who He is. It's not just because, um, you know, He's impartial. But it's because He's got a purpose in, in faithfulness. He's got a purpose in testimony. It's so that every person, every, every tribe, every tongue, every nation would come to know the name of Jesus and call on Him as Lord. God's going to be glorified when I share a testimony of His faithfulness. And so I encourage you this morning, maybe as I've talked, you've thought about a way God's been faithful in your life. Maybe you've thought about a way He's protected you, provided for you, brought you peace when you needed it. Maybe it's as simple as the way that He changed you from a person who was living in the world to a person who's living in the light. Maybe it's just the fact that He's been reliable and faithful to make you a new creation in Christ. Maybe it's just the fact that He's brought you back to life that I've been resurrected in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, you've got a testimony of God's faithfulness in your life. And sharing that is what's going to be effective in sharing your faith. It's the faithful testimony of God's goodness. That's what's going to get people saved. That's what's going to lead people to Him. Not about me. It's all about Him. Amen. So this morning, I'd encourage you in this. As we close this service, as we pray here in a moment, I'd encourage you, if you've been reminded this morning by the Spirit about a time God's been faithful to you, share that with somebody. If God has reminded you as I've spoken this morning of a time He's been faithful in your life, a time He's been reliable, a time that He's come through for you, share that with somebody. That's a testimony. And testimony's worth sharing because it glorifies God. 
Share it with a neighbor. Share it, share it with someone in your family who hasn't heard it before. Share it with a friend. Share it on Facebook. Facebook's good for some things. Sharing testimony is one of them. Share your testimony. It's effective. It's powerful. It acknowledges the goodness of God. And that's what I want to do with my life. Amen. I want to glorify the Lord my God. Would you stand with me and pray as we close service this morning? Father, we thank you that we have confidence in you. You are able and you're faithful, Lord. You're with us all the time. And we know that you're strong. You're mighty. You're powerful. So we put trust, faith, belief, hope is in you, Lord. So as we live with confidence in you and in your word, Lord, we, we have a confidence that you are not only able, but you're faithful. You come through. You do what you said you would do. And Lord, you're coming through. Your faithfulness, your reliability in life isn't just because it's who you are. It's not just because you're impartial. But Lord, it's because there is a purpose in you being faithful. There's, there's a reason we're here today still, and it's because not every person is heard yet. It's because the harvest isn't in yet. And Lord, we want to be harvesters. We want to be workers in the harvest. We want to go out and share a testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness and your strength and the life change that comes when we put our faith in you. I want to share this in an effective way that leads people to glorify you and to confess you as Lord and Savior. God, we believe this morning that a testimony, uh, an experience that we share of your faithfulness in our life, it is an effective sharing of faith. God, I want to share with people about how you've changed me, how you've saved me, how you've made this life better for today, how you've given me life, abundant life that I didn't have before. I've got it today because you're faithful, God. I want to share with the world about my faithful God who is reliable and true, who never lets down, who never disappoints, but always comes through, who always provides what is needed to accomplish the will. God, I focus myself on your will today. I thank you that in Christ, I, I have become unified with your will, with your heart, as I've spent time coming to know the Lord in the Word, Lord, and in the revelation that comes by the Holy Spirit. I thank you the more I get to know you, the more I walk in your will. And the more I walk in your will, God, the more I see your faithfulness, your, your, your bringing through what has been prayed for and asked for. It happens because you're faithful to do what you said you do. You said in 1 John 5 that if we ask according to your will, you hear it and you'll do it. You'll give it, God. And so we expect it today and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, God, we want to live trusting in your faithfulness, having faith that you're not only strong, mighty, and able, but you're also faithful, God. We believe that today and we thank you that in Jesus' name, we can experience your faithfulness every day. We love you, Lord. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's end by worshiping our Savior and our King. Amen.